recording. Welcome to Story Chats at Insby Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer, still here with the beige wall behind me at a retreat center where it is freezing, freezing cold, and my cat is not even here to keep me warm. Becky Wade is here with us today to chat about her February release, Memory Lane. So I'm going to read Becky's bio real fast, and then we're going to dive in. Becky is a California native who attended Baylor University, met and married a Texan, and settled in Dallas with their three children and one Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. She loves writing sweet contemporary romances laced with sizzling chemistry, mystery, faith, banter, and humor. Her 11 novels and five novellas have been recognized with Carol Award, Inspie Awards, and a spot in the Christie Award Hall of Fame. So thank you so much for being here, Becky. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to this story chat. <laughs> thank you for having me. Exactly. <laughs> so before we start actually talking about the book, I um, would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about your decision to take this story, well, the series Indie. Um, and using Kickstarter and all of those things, because it's a big departure for you from what you have been doing. So, um, and I know you've you've made some Facebook posts and that kind of thing, but um, not everybody reads everything. So um, we'd love to hear you just sort of about why you went this route and and how are you enjoying it now that you've joined the dark side? We're all indie authors. So <laughs> yeah, call it the, light very, side, the light side, pardon me. <laughs> very encouraging company in this group. <laughs> well, for those who aren't familiar with me and my publishing history, I published 11 novels traditionally with Bethany House. My first one of those came out in 2012, and it was called My Stubborn Heart. And I had a fantastic time doing that. And I would say that Bethany House is a terrific traditional publisher. When it came time to decide where to take my next series, and Memory Lane is the first in a new three-book contemporary romance series, I really felt like I needed to think through and pray through what to do with this next series. I didn't want to just continue on autopilot doing the same thing I'd been doing because that was comfortable and familiar. I really wanted to be intentional about trying to figure out where the Lord would have this series go. And in thinking about it, I just really did feel a tug toward trying this series indie. I had published a couple of indie novellas in the past that tied in with my traditional series. So I had dipped my toes in the waters of publishing my my work myself. And so I had enjoyed those projects and that gave me confidence to think that I might enjoy indie publishing full-length novels as well and I finally got to a point where I just really wanted to give it a try and so that's what I did and yeah I began with a Kickstarter campaign so I really jumped in yes you did (laughs) a lot of new things it may have been too many new things all at once I don't know but the Kickstarter campaign was to raise the money to finance an audiobook of Memory Lane And I really was thoroughly glad at the end of the day that I did that because we did meet our goal and then exceed our goal. And I was thrilled to have so many readers come alongside and support the creation of an audiobook. And it just made that project, the audiobook project, that much richer. 
that readers yeah. helps make that happen. And Absolutely. I'm so, so excited about how that's going to turn out. So Yay. I can't cool. wait to publish. That's not um, available yet. We're, we're filming this conversation in March, but it will be soon. Okay. And I myself am first in line to listen and the most excited <laughs> yes. to hear yeah, it because I've sure. got a male and a female yeah. narrator and I've been in collaboration with them, which has been really rewarding. Great. That's fantastic. I love um, the dual narrators. I've been doing that with mine recently and it is, it's so much more fun. Um, It it just really is so much more fun. It's definitely my preference for romance. If you have a male and a female's point of view in your book, I feel Mm -hmm. like the swoony aspects and the spark in the romance translates so much better when you actually have a guy reading the hero's point of view. Yep. Excellent. Cool. Well, I, um, like I said, I was excited to see you dive in with Kickstarter and all of that. And Courtney Walsh did your cover. Is that correct? That I remember I'm loving her cover designs. Like if she just needs to just do covers and just make everybody cheerful and happy with her cover. She's so talented. (laughs) And she's also, Courtney Walsh is an author and she's one of my very best friends. And she designed the cover of You and Me, which was my most recent indie novella. And that went great. I was really happy with how that turned out. And so I hired her again to do Memory Lane. This one is an illustrated cover, which is also new to me. (laughs) And I couldn't be happier with it. I love it. So yeah, find it. Very cool. All right. So um, let's move now into book discussion. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Start us off by telling a little bit about the book, not not necessarily the back cover, but sort of that idea. It's sort of a brief introduction. If nobody's heard about it, what would you want them to know? Okay, so Memory Lane begins when a woman who lives on the tip of a remote Maine island in a very isolated existence spots a man in the Atlantic Ocean out her window paddling to stay afloat. And she races out to rescue him. She brings him back in her boat. She quickly realizes he's injured. He's struggling with hypothermia and broken ribs. And soon after that, she realizes that he has amnesia. And on this little island, there is no doctor. There is no hospital. There is no place to take him since because of the broken ribs, he can't really be moved. And so she finds herself the caretaker of this handsome and injured stranger. (laughs) And from then on, the plot revolves around the story questions of who is he? Where does he come from? Um, How did he end up in the Atlantic Ocean fighting to stay alive? And those questions get answered through the course of the story, but they also create new questions that you have to keep reading to discover as you begin to learn more about him. And that is Memory Lane. That's fabulous. Yep, absolutely. All right, Valerie, I have you down first with the questions. So you get to go first. Sure, okay. Um, I wanted to talk about a quote that happens later on in the books, but it's not a spoiler, people. It's not a spoiler. Um, The heroine's um, elderly friend, Wendell, says that God has a soft spot for those of us who feel like we've been thrown onto the garbage sale, or the garage, same thing though, garage sale pile or garbage pile, a giant soft spot for us. He's never closer to us than when we're beaten up, unloved and betrayed. So this um, 
speaks really to both characters as, as we go through the story. Let's talk a little bit about healing from trauma and where some of that um, story idea came from. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that particular quote because that quote hits right at the faith storyline of this book. Yes. In mm. Wendell's case, the older man character and in the case of the heroine, whose name is Remy, they have both experienced very hard things and yes. are continuing in, in Wendell's case for sure and in Remy's case somewhat to experience very hard things. And Remy turned her back to some degree on God because of what happened to her in her past. And so when dealing with trauma and finding hope in the wake of trauma, I wanted to stay as authentic to that journey as I could. And also in big and small ways, remind those characters just how faithful God had been to them, even when it didn't feel like that or look like that or seem like that to them. And so in that case, what I try to do with my books is show God's faithfulness. Yes. And when they were able to look back and see it, to me, that was powerful <laughs> that so many times it doesn't feel like he's as close to us as he is, but um, it brings hope and encouragement, I think, to us all to live through a story in which we see the evidence of just how faithful he is, yeah. even when we don't perceive it. A lot of times that's a, it's a 2020, right? We, we, we see 2020 when we're looking forward and, and around us in a difficult time. And I can't really say that we always see it that clearly looking back either, but it's definitely a more accurate portrayal a lot of times when we get a little distance. So yeah, I just want to say I really, really love the story. Um, and uh, I liked the voice to it. I liked Remy's voice. Um, she's a very interesting person. <laughs> and then having the voiceless, not voiceless, but memoryless man, still having a, a strong voice, <laughs> even without his memories, was uh, it was intriguing. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed the journey of him figuring things out, them figuring things out. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. And yeah, in Remy's case, what happened to her was six years prior. So right. she was able, after six years of healing and work at that and um, a lot of successes at dealing with the ramifications of trauma, she was at a place where she could look back and see things more in a 2020 perspective than she'd been able to at the time. Narelle? Oh, okay. So I also enjoyed the book. I did love reading it as well. And I am a fan of the amnesia trope and I love the way the amnesia storyline played out in this one. I thought it was beautifully done. And I particularly loved how it combined with the mysteries. So you're one of my favourite authors who will write CCR and have a beautiful mystery that gets woven in. And I'm just flicking the page, flicking the page, flicking the page because I need to know what happens. <laughs> so I really appreciated how the mystery plot and the amnesia story all tied together really well and the way that it unfolded I didn't pick the ending so I'm always happy when I don't pick the ending so that made me very pleased as a reader so my question is did you do any specific research in terms of looking at how um, his amnesia was going to play out in the story and 
also on the relationship that can develop when you've got the rescuer who rescues someone with amnesia as well. Yes, I loved the research that I did into amnesia. I read a nonfiction book written by a woman who'd experienced amnesia herself. And that is my favorite form of research as an author. I love to read books, nonfiction books written by people who have walked the walk that my characters are about to experience. Uh, Not that I take anything from their journey and just plug it in wholesale, (laughs) but it does help me understand in a larger way what it's like to have amnesia because I could read her story and she told me what it was like to have amnesia. And so I read an entire book uh, by her and that was incredibly enlightening. And then yes, the dynamic between the rescuer and the rescuee was one that I had a ton of fun with in this book. I call it the heroine saves hero trope, which is actually a trope, but it's more of a lesser known kind of a fringe (laughs) type of trope. It's one that I really find fun and life-giving. I I equate it more to historical romances that I've read back in the day and even recently where the heroine was this sort of nurturing type of woman. Maybe she was a doctor and he was injured and she was right there helping to save his life and then take care of him. But what I did was flip that on its head by giving Remy a personality that isn't nurturing and has no medical background (laughs) Uh, and it put her out of her depth and that made it a lot of fun because then it led to um, fun introspection, fun banter, more of a humorous lightness brought into a situation that was otherwise pretty heavy because here's this guy who's injured with amnesia, but I didn't want that to feel, you know, depressing or sad. I wanted it to feel, um, like there was just this cool chemistry between them. And long before they ever started to have feelings for each other, the reader could begin to see, oh, these two are actually perfect for one another. Yeah. The lightness was really good. I appreciated that. The banter too. The banter was just so fun. Um, (laughs) It really was. It was so fun. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you thought so. I had fun writing it. I'm sure. (laughs) So Remy, um, I loved Remy. She was, I think, just such a delight because she's so unique. Um, She's this sort of hermit of sorts um, who doesn't, though, necessarily want to stay a hermit. You can still, even at the beginning, you can sort of see the little fingers of that. Um, And But she's an artist, which I think is fun, too. And she has some really firm opinions about art and artists who create for the love of art versus a commercial mindset. And I just had so much fun with those parts and they weren't like a major part of the story, but it was fun, you know, yet yet another area where she clashed with Jeremiah. Um, (laughs) And so, um, you know, what what prompted that inclusion as part of her personality? and and you know because the the idea is beauty's in the eye of the beholder or so is art right and but Remy has these firm opinions that that if it's not made with a pure intent almost it it doesn't count so <laughs> so where did that come from just you know there's got to be a story there I feel like there has to be a story there. <laughs> well you hit the nail on the head that is exactly that that describes Remy and her take on art very very well I perceived her 
as a very passionate person. She's passionate about her art. She's passionate about her island. She's passionate about her friendships. And she's just passionate, just all around. And the hero is much more controlled. Like he's got this sort of relaxed intensity, but he's very much in control of himself. And she is led much more by her heart. And I wanted that to come through. So I guess where I was coming from there is... I I am a creative and so I'm in conversations all the time about sort of this intersection between art and commerce and it's an interesting conversation and we're all as artists going to fall in different places on that spectrum and there's no right or wrong answer. I just perceived that in Remy's case, she would have this very pure, I do art for the sake of art and beauty and I She's not someone who's materialistic. She's not someone who's motivated by money. And that's just kind of how she came to me and how I saw her. And it did make it fun because then that did give her one more thing to clash with him over. <laughs> well, and I do, I do like when they, when they argue and banter and um, rub up against each other with their differences. You kept it very consistent um, because there's, there's one sort of little ongoing bantery moment between them where she's just refusing him to sell him this piece of art that she made that he loves. Yes. Um, and because it's not for you. Right. <laughs> really? Yeah. He wants to buy it and he has money and yeah. she wants to sell it to him because it's, it's not for him. Not for you. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. It's not for him. And that's to me that just exemplified who she was. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was well, fantastic. Both of the characters were very unique um, in that they're not, um, sometimes you read a book and it's like, oh, I read this book before. Oh, didn't I? Oh, maybe not. But I think, no, just something similar. There was, I don't have something similar. I don't, I haven't read something similar to Remy. No. Um, she's more unique than he is, um, except for his amnesia. <laughs> Although I uh, tell it just, touch very briefly on his can we touch on his career or can we not because he doesn't remember until much later I, I view that as a spoiler but okay. so then let's not go there sorry not. people we're, we're not okay we didn't her. we didn't mention it he has a career that's all they need yes. to know <laughs> it's a unique career that you probably haven't read a thousand times definitely yeah. not a thousand times maybe not even once or twice no. okay I'm done mm. yeah <laughs> Well, I appreciate you saying and that you felt that the characters were unique because that's something that I work really, really hard at. And I continue in every draft to strive to make them even more that way um, with every rewrite, because it, it is a process, as I'm sure you guys have all found in your own writing. It is a process of getting to know the character yes. and not all yeah. of them reveal themselves fully right away some of them are more reticent and you have to really work at getting to know them fully like you need to yeah it takes time and it yeah. takes effort so thank you for saying that so this is book one in the sons of scandal series um so tell us about books two and three what are what are they and when are they <laughs> <laughs> so i set up the hero of book two in book one mm -hmm. and he is the hero's brother and then book three will also be the hero's brother. Is that Max? So, 
Max is the third. Yes. Yes. Max is going to be the third. So I had written three brothers and one sister in the Porter family series, which was my first series that I ever wrote. And I loved writing the brothers and people still talk to me all the time about those brothers. And subsequently I've done a series about sisters and then I did a series about friends. So it felt like time to revisit (laughs) brothers again. Brothers are popular. The first time. And so I'm getting to sink my teeth into brothers with the sons of scandal, which makes me really happy. And the series is called that because they were all born and raised under a cloud of scandal and that affected them all differently. And um, I like and digging- you have to read the book how- to know what that is. Yes. yes. <laughs> I like digging in to figure out how something challenging could affect characters differently. Sure. Yes. And especially something challenging that happened when they were younger, which is the case here. Yeah. And so it gives me a lot of uh, just meat to work with. Do they have mm. titles yet or not yet? I'm still deciding. Still deciding. I think okay. I have one nailed down for the second book, but I don't want to say it because sure. I might change my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. fair. That's totally fair. Are you, is it going to be one a year? Are you going to go a little faster than one a year because you're doing indie or what's, what's your timeline thoughts? Well, it would be really, really wise of me to write faster and shorter <laughs> now that I'm indie. But no, that is not what's going to happen with me personally. My creativity's pace, the pace at which I'm happiest and I have the best work family balance is one book a year. They are long and they're intricate and I like taking vacation. I take quite a bit of vacation, which also helps my creativity refill. I find I'm not a writer who can just pound out book after book after book and not flirt with burnout. And I don't want to flirt with burnout again. I did that once earlier in my career and I didn't write again for seven years. So I don't want to do that. And so I just write one a year. So I'm expecting to release the second one in early 2024. Okay. Will you do a Kickstarter again? Do you think? I'm sorry. Do you think you'll do a Kickstarter again for that one? I haven't decided yet. I... I'm going to get a little bit more distance on it and decide later. I do do have a uh, bookstore on my website where I could do something very similar myself. I could make swag boxes available. I could make special pre-orders available. I could make autographed books plus swag available on my website. And I might contemplate doing that instead of such a public Kickstarter (laughs) Um, because it is kind of a vulnerable feeling to do a Kickstarter. It's just, you're putting yourself out there and you're feeling like this might fail. And this is going to be really embarrassing if I really loudly loudly and publicly. And so I'm still deciding all of that. I'm not against doing another Kickstarter for sure. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm excited. I'm a little sad that it's not till next year, but I understand. And work-life balance is so important, I think, for writers in particular, because we're we're doing it at home. So yeah. it's very easy to let it take over your world mm-hmm. if you're not careful. You have to, you do have to guard it um, intentionally, for sure. <laughs> yes, because you're, we're doing it at home. And so that means we could be writing anytime, all the time, yeah. because- We're doing something else with the business. 
Yeah. Well, and yeah, as you go with, with indie, you know, then you have all the other business hats that now you get to wear on top of that. Mm. Yeah. There's always something you could be doing. <laughs> right. And yeah. also you're, and yet it's not healthy you... to be working all the time no. and to be mm-hmm. working all, all weekend long and all evening long. And yeah. suddenly, yeah. um, you don't have any kind of separation between your work life and your family life and, and rest time. I mean, all of that is really important too. It is. It is. Agreed. Very cool. Um, do you guys have any final questions for Becky or thoughts about memory lane? No, I love the main. I love the setting in Maine. I think Maine books are really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I really love awesome. that unique. Unique island, but cold island, which we don't really have in Australia. Everything's hot islands here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love the setting. Your author's note uh, in the back talked a little bit about choosing the island and, and some of your research for that. So that's one reason I think we didn't go there with this. Uh, do read, like, if you guys are readers who don't read the author notes, become better. <laughs> read <laughs> I'm curious um, what our what our listeners and watchers um, think about the idea of Becky doing swag and and pre sales yeah. from her website um, or Kickstarter. Either one of those. I'd love to know what folks think about that. So if if you have an opinion on that, um, drop us a note on the YouTube or on our Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'd love to know that too. And I'm sure a lot of other authors would because I think more and more of us do have bookstores on our websites yeah. and um, readers are more and more adopting that. I think yeah. it is a very kind of foreign mm. idea to readers up until recently. But what I've seen is that my website bookstore sales, because I've had autographed copies available on my website for many years. Yeah. But what I've seen is that just this year, they are really getting behind that. And my orders have gone way, way, way up from what they were oh, cool. before. That's so exciting. I think, I think readers are warming to the idea of buying from authors when that's an option. That's cool. fantastic. Excellent. Do you have uh, anything else about Memory Lane that you wish we had covered or that you want people to know or something we missed? <laughs> No, I, I just um, want readers to know that I really loved writing it and I hope that they love reading it if they have an opportunity to do so. I hope that the blend of pretty focused romance, so this truly is a romance novel in my opinion, but also mystery mm-hmm. and then wrapped up with faith, I hope that they find that blend just brings them maybe a fresh dose of hope and entertainment so thank you very much for having me i appreciate it excellent and is your website beckywade.com it is excellent okay we will put that in the show notes but it's i like it when it's something easy to remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was able to snag beckywade.com many years ago and i'm glad i was (laughs) yes excellent well i know we all really loved reading memory lane um and i'm like I said, I'm super excited for book two. Um, I'm going to be counting the days for it to, it to be ready. So write faster. No, um, stop. <laughs> for joining us. And um, hopefully maybe next year you can come back and we'll talk about your next one closer to its release date, maybe instead anytime. of a couple months later. <laughs> anytime. I'd love to chat with you ladies anytime. It's Wonderful. So thank, thank you for joining us um, at Story Chats. 
please leave us comments. Um, if you've read Memory Lane, chime in. If you have comments about Becky's thoughts of maybe swag packs on her website or Kickstarter, any of those things, those are great comments to leave and we would love to know it. Um, you can, if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, guys. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.